Hey, good people. This is your Anai Dom back with another reflection. And this is a personal journal for contemplative people looking to think, grow, and have impact in the world. So, hey, I have four random things on my mind. I have two episodes left, by the way, so I can meet my quota. And where I am at in my time zone, I have an hour, 12 minutes left before the new year. And my goal was to hit 250. 50 by the new year and I'm still at it so I'm gonna do one episode on random like four random points and then I'm going to do uh, my next episode is going to be on some things that I've learned this year okay so for this particular episode there are four things on my mind and there are four um, that's where I'm starting I don't know if that's what the whole reflection is going to be about But it is where I'm starting. So let me tell you the four things that are on my mind that I want to process with you. Number one is an episode that I did on small talk and breaking rapport that's in um, on my YouTube channel. I have one view, one view for that. I want to talk about that. Um, The second thing on my mind is on hyper visibility. And that also is on my YouTube channel. Um, and that has zero views, but it is uploaded. There's some thoughts I want to share about that. Number three is um, a small exchange that I had with a a pretty well-known content creator by the name of Lijo. I think her name is Lindsay, around INTJs and perfectionism. So that's the third thing that's on my mind. And then the fourth thing is on my, that's on my mind is a conversation I just had with my sister. Um, and uh, if you've been listening to the last few episodes, I've talked about some conflict that I had with my sister and some sadness and some fear and some concern that I've had about our relationship and this conversation that we just had was a really good opportunity for me to like delve into some of those concerns that I've been talking to you about, but also I had to do it with care. I had to be very delicate about it. So I want to process that. So the four things that are random, like they don't connect. Um, but again, it's the two episodes that I've put on my YouTube channel. One is on, um, breaking rapport and small talk. Second one is on hypervisibility. The third one is on this idea of INTJ, INTJs and perfectionism. And then the fourth one is on this conversation I just had with my sister and the aftermath of talking with you all about being very, very worried and nervous about um, our relationship moving forward into the 2022. So that's what this, um, that's where I'm starting with this particular reflection. I don't know where I'm going to land or end up, but that is absolutely where I'm starting, okay? If you're new to this project, this is a personal journal where I process my inner and my outer worlds. I do so by using personality theory, um, the two that I use the most for personality, identifying your personality. It's Myers-Briggs. Um, and then the Enneagram, pushing those two systems together. I identify as an INTJ8. I also identify as an African-American woman from a lower socioeconomic background from intergenerational trauma. I'm a trained and practicing educator and social scientist. And I also identify 
as a critical race feminist, which means I have a sensitivity to how power shows up around social constructs relating to race, gender, sexuality, and class, to name a few. Okay, this project is unedited, is unscripted. And if you want to know more about what I'm doing here, <laughs> whether I'm doing a good job or not, um, you can go to my website at yournidom.wordpress.com. Before I get started on those four little talking points, let me say that, um, let me give a little housekeeping. I made a goal of 50 episodes for this season. I'm at 48. And the reason why I am at the very last minute trying to kick out these episodes is that I am on travel and I'm in a house of, and I, all of the intergenerational trauma is like, like, like surfacing for me. And so I've been really struggling trying to sort through all of that and having a hard time not really ready to talk about a lot of that. Um, I, not wanting to talk about that in real time in a raw sense. Like I need to have some distance organizing it before I present it. And so there, there have been days where I didn't talk when I should have talked, but I was just overwhelmed with what was happening in the house. And so now I'm at the last, like literally the last hour for me in my time zone before we hit the new year. You're going to get this on January 1st. That's how it's going to show up on the platform. But in my time zone right now, it is 1057. So I want to just say that to you. Okay. I don't, I don't know if I should apologize, but it's what it is. Um, so let's talk about the four things quickly so that I can get two episodes in with this last hour and then have some quiet time. And so I can bring in the new year. Uh, two things I want to tell you would be um, two episodes that are load, uploaded on YouTube. One is called Breaking Report and Small Talk, something like that. And the other one is called um, Hypervisibility. Let me start with Hypervisibility because I think that one is first. Hypervisibility is something I came up with. I wrote, I actually did a blog about it a few, about four, four years ago, maybe five years ago. And it's something that I'm noticing in the current job that I'm having. And I said, when you're in a relationship with people, um, you're interacting with people, you show up, your visibility shows up in one of three ways. Either you are visible, invisible, or hyper-visible. And that hyper-visibility isn't positive because that hyper-visibility focuses on something that is about the person who's seeing you. It doesn't have anything to do with how you want to be seen. It's about how you impact, influence, rub up, impact the person who's seeing you. And then they focus on that one thing. And based on how that, based on that one thing, you can have hyper visibility, but do not get it confused. Hypervisibility is not the same thing as visibility. You're not visible to them. Like you show up as like a prop. A prop in their world. And it's a very dis, um, toxic way of 
existing. And if you're developing a relationship with these people and they are seeing you in this hyper visible way, they're not seeing all of you. They're not seeing the full of you. They're only seeing this one little part of you that rubs up against them in a unique way. And more than likely, it's a way that they're wrestling with. And they want to prove that they're okay. Then that's a problem. So go check out that video because um, it's on YouTube, your NI Dom. I think I do a good job of talk, about talking because a lot of times those of us at the margins, we are either invisible or hyper visible. We're just, we're, we're not visible. We're either invisible or hyper visible. And I talk more about that. So go check that out. Okay. So that's one thing. Um, the other video that I put on YouTube, and this is about a week ago was about, oh, this is a good one for me, breaking rapport and small talk. And I'm really thankful that, I'm very, very thankful about that particular reflection because uh, I believe that I have been giving people, I have been rapporting with people in an unhealthy way. And so you guys know I'm in a season where I'm processing trauma and processing stuff that I need to work on going into the new year as it relates to familial family trauma. And I think one of those ways is rapporting. Now, rapport is what you do with another person to have harmony with them. And what I learned in this training that I went through is that there is a physical rapport that we do. I never knew that. And I've noticed it. I've been paying attention to it. So when we're dialogue, when we're trying to have rapport with another person, we unconsciously mirror their body language. And I, I literally have been notice, noticing that. Now, does it happen all the time? No, I can't say that it does. But like how we position our legs, how we, our arms, how we tilt our head, it is a thing. And so, um, this is interesting with me being an INTJ, um, I would imagine that most INTJs don't do, don't do reporting like that. If they do, it's not a significant part of their interactions. But I think what I've been doing is reporting with people because I want to let them know that they matter as a way of correcting my experiences of not mattering to my caregivers, not mattering emotionally. Now, my mom, I mattered with her in terms of my physical well-being, food, clothing, shelter. She was the bomb.com. But in terms of cycle, social development and emotional wellness, and no, it's just no. And it still continues to this day. So I think as a way of trying to, and an unconscious way of trying to correct that, that I have been over-reporting with people. And the reason why I say it's over-reporting because I'm doing something that make people, to make people feel valid, valued, worthy. But if it was genuine, I can't stay in it. So people kind of expect me to rapport with them, and then they act according to that rapport. But that rapporting to that level is not genuine for me. It's not. 
And so then they start acting in, in a way as a result of my extensive or hyper reporting. And then how they're acting is not suitable for me. This is something that I've just kind of processed in the last week. Go check out that video. So I don't, I'm not going to say I have this perfected, but I do know that there's a thing called reporting when we do with another person where we're trying to connect with them. And we do a number of things to validate them, to be in sync with them. And I've been doing that and I need to stop. And I've been in the last week been noticing that I'm reporting with people who are not reporting back with me. I don't do this. I don't do it consistently. And I don't, I little seriously, I don't do that. And um, I actually think I'm reporting. I don't know. I think there's a pattern of reporting that I need to look more into. I can't talk about it now. All I'm saying at this point is I need to be more conscious of. I don't need to be doing that level of reporting. I don't. So we all, I mean, I'm on travel. I'm visiting my sister. My mom is with us. And we just got this this extended, this kind of family thing. We've been hanging out as a family. And we went out a couple of days ago. And it's not even just a couple of days ago. But I have been noticing in the past four or five days how I, how I automatically report. Not always, though. And this is the part, this is the pattern I need to um dice decode there is a particular pattern and I can't I don't have it decoded yet I'm not always reporting with people I really think this has something to do with trauma some repressed trauma that I'm not conscious of but I noticed it over the past few days and so I've been I've been doing what's called breaking rapport because in the training that I went through this semester, that there is a value when you're, and I'm in a, I've been in a, a training for coaching, right? Working with other people, trying to get them to go inward and to become vulnerable so they can be their best self. And the best way to do that is to be in rapport with them. So the training is about how to be in rapport with people. And then the training is about there is a time where you need to break rapport. And I'm like, that whole idea of breaking report just has really, re- has, excuse me, stayed with me. So I've been, I've been like experimenting with breaking rapport with people. Number, well, two things. I've been noticing how I'm in rapport with people. And then I experiment with breaking rapport with people who are used to me being in rapport with them. Fascinating. It is a thing. And it's a thing I want to go into the new year and be more mindful of. Be mindful of when I go into rapport with somebody and 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 practice breaking rapport. I don't and, and I want to be very clear. I am not in rapport as a regular uh, practice. That's not a general thing that I do. But there is a particular time, a, diff, a particular type of interaction which I interact in and, and I'm in rapport with, and I don't think it's a healthy. I don't think this is healthy. I think this is like a byproduct of the trauma. And I want to start breaking rapport in those spaces. So I want to, I'm going to experiment with that. I want to talk more about that. And what I want you guys to do, if you want to know a little bit more about my thinking around reporting and breaking rapport, go check out that YouTube channel, okay? Because I did a 15-minute reflection on that. So that's two. So far, we're two. We got two more. What was the other thing? Oh, so I interacted with Lijo, um, 
or Lindsay, and she's like a pretty prominent um, YouTube content generator. And let me be really honest. When I say I interact with, with her, I didn't really, really interact with her. She posted a video. I made a comment. And she responded to the comment. And I responded back to her. Now, she has not responded back to the comment, my response to her. And that's okay. But I wanted to come and flesh that out a little bit. So she did a video about her, she had an epiphany about her, um, something about her interaction with the sensory world. And when noticing that when she does a thing, she's not perfecting it. And in order to perfect it, she has to be conscious of it. She has to be very aware that she's doing the thing so that she can perfect it. Well, in the absence of using the word perfection, I don't think she used the word perfection. She talked about doing a thing. And then I responded by saying, um, I find that if I, I can accomplish a thing if I put my N.I. focus on it. So instead of me focusing on it through my sensory self, I accomplish a thing through my intuition, my N.I. self. And she actually agreed with that, but her pushback, I don't know if she would consider it pushback, but her response was, yeah, we can, because she put the word accomplish in quotes. She said, you can accomplish a thing, but you can't perfect it. And my response is, do INTJs attempt to perfect a thing? I don't think that's what we're about. I think that we try to establish and do a thing to show that it is possible, and then we leave the idea of perfection to other people. We problem solve. Our whole purpose is to problem solve. It is not to perfect a thing. I don't think that INTJs are about perfection. It's about problem solving. And I would love for her to dance with me on that. Like, I would love to know her thinking on it because I respect her thinking. But she hasn't responded on that. So she talked, I said accomplish. I said, well, I accomplish a thing through my introverted intuition. And then she responded back and said, yeah, but we don't perfect it through that. No, I don't think that's the goal. I don't think that's the purpose. So anyway, I just wanted to share that. Like, I don't think, and I remember the INTJ academic, the guy I call the INTJ academic. I think that he talked about this once. That's not what we're about. We're not about perfection, but that's just one person. I don't think we're about perfection and I would love to know what she thinks. But I mean, I'm just thankful that she responded to one comment. I certainly don't think that this woman is going to engage in a back and forth conversation, right? Okay. So that was the third thing I wanted to talk about. And then the last thing I wanted to talk about is my sister. Um, we we were, were cooking as a tradition in our culture. Um, not I don't know if all African Americans do this, but I know a, a good number of them do it so we can say this is cultural. That we have a certain meal on 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 New Year's Day on the first on the first day of the year and there's a certain there's a certain food there are certain food items that we eat that are symbolic and and, and it's indicative indicative of what we want for the rest of the year 
So um, my, I'm traveling with my mom, and we're going to hit the road and go back home. And we were going to decide, we're going to eat the dinner. We My sister has to go to a funeral out of town. So she has to leave. So we were going to eat the dinner after she comes back from out of town. So that would have been 7 o'clock on January 1st. But we also need to hit the road. I have to go back to work. My, my mom needs to get going. So I said, well, why don't we do it? We don't, why don't we bring in the New Year's with a dinner? With a dinner that we would have done normally on January 1st, like later in the day. Why don't we do it as a, and we bring it in? And I said about one or two. So my sister's friend, and I'll, maybe I'll process that, uh, was like, well, one of the items is beans. And beans make you gassy. Like, are you sure you want to eat that at 2 in the morning? I'm like, yo, let's just do it. <laughs> like, forget it. So anyway, um, so there is a, so we're cooking. And I think we're going to be, it's about 11, it's 45 minutes before the new year. And um, so my sister's cooking. And I'm sitting in the kitchen with my sister. And, and we're talking. And so um, she has a new friend that she's dating and this this friend that relationship that friendship is starting to escalate and starting to get serious and we've had some exchanges around that and a part of me is curious a part of me wonders if the conflict that my sister has been that my sister and I have been having over the past year if it's related if there's a correlation between that relationship that's brewing and growing I I have no way of I don't know yet but that is my question and so my sister is um, so I I kind of wanted to poke that a little bit without asserting that that correlation is true because I don't know if it's true so I didn't want to assert that it was a correlation but I wanted to poke it to see if it was a correlation so, um, I talked about how we've had conflict. I've a- I asked her, you know, why do you think we've had three major conflicts in one year? And we don't do that. And my sister, she actually t- brought up the fact that she and I made a commitment to be in harmony with one another, even though we were raised. And she brought up the, our trauma. We were raised to be at odds. And I was really super proud of her for saying, no, we made a commitment. We made a declaration. And I would say it was roughly 2008, 2009, where we were going to be in, we were going to be in harmony. And we've been true to that over 10 years. And then all of a sudden this year, we've been having, we had three conflicts where it was just, so a good thing about this talk while she's cooking this dinner is that she agreed. We we did agree to be in harmony and we have had three conflicts. But my sister thinks the conflict is around my dad. She thinks that's what the conflict is. And her theory is that be, so we had one conflict before my dad. That was back in January excuse me, February, March, go back. I talked about that already in real time. Um, but the other two, she said, happened after my dad died. 
And so she thinks the the conflict that she and I had, the last two conflict areas of conflict was about new trauma. I don't I don't think so. But I do want to I do want to explore and ex- and consider this theory that she is offering. So her 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 theory is that she didn't have the same relationship with my dad. So she's not grieving him the way I'm grieving his death. And her focus in my dad's dying is on me, protecting me and my grief. But she's not grieving it. We lost our stepfather a few years ago. And we were, excuse me, I'm not getting emotional. We were on the same page with that grief. This is what she, these were her words about an hour or so ago. But with her thing is our dad, we're not on the same page with his death because we don't have the, we didn't have the same relationship with him. We had a similar, a shared relationship with our stepfather. I think there's some validity to that. But I don't understand why that's trauma. I don't know why she's putting that in the trauma category. And I don't know why that would justify us having conflict where we don't talk, where we break this vow to each other. I don't, I genuinely don't understand that. But I'm, I'm pleased that she recognized the vow. I'm pleased that she recognizes the conflict because she could be like, I don't remember us making a vow or I don't think we've had conflict. So I, that's powerful. That's powerful. Um, I don't know what to say about that, but I'm glad that we talked about it. And my mother was present. She didn't say anything. She was listening. And I hope my mother was taking in how we were talking, like the skills that we used to, to communicate, to listen, to affirm one another, to advocate. You know, I think we were using some skills. I talked about that already, that we use we're really good at talking through conflict when we come, when we're emotionally able. Uh, and I think that relates more to my sister than me because I feel like I'm, I live capable and ready. I have a, a, a pretty constant, capa- a constant capacity to talk through conflict. I don't, I don't need a lot of distance. Every once in a while, I'm like, I need some time to process, but mostly I can, I can go with it. Um, so that's my sister's theory that the conflict that we had this year is about new trauma. And she talked about my sister and apparently our single sister wanted to come and hang out and, and, and come for Christmas. And my sister's sister, my double sister was like, no, your relation, y'all relationship is it's not stable so my brother came but I'm not in conflict with my brother so that made me feel good that my double sister knew that I'm my my single sister and I are not on speaking terms we're not in a good space and it wouldn't have made for a, for a good holiday I I'm kind of surprised to be honest with you this is my holiday that I come come my sister and I've done Christmas together our whole lives that's just what we do. So I was really pleased that she protected that. Um, and so her argument is that she's doing a number of things to protect me and to keep me at a distance bec- while I'm grieving. And we're in, I'm okay. And I told her I don't need to hear about that situation. 
I don't know how that relates to the conflict that we were having. So, we'll see. We'll see what comes out of that. But it was a good discussion. I don't think it's completed. Um, but I am very thankful that it was a start. And especially since if you listen to the last reflection that I did about Bill Hooks. I think, what did I call it? Bill Hooks Love and Healing. I'm not really sure if my sister and I are going to make it through this season. I'm going to be really honest. So the conversation that we had tonight gave me a little a little hope. And so I made a comment to my sister said, I don't know if we were really close or if we were trauma bonded. And my sister said, this is what she said tonight. She said, I think we were. And she said, it makes me sad that you don't think we were close. And I am under the philosophy, if we were close, how in the hell did we have the conflict? This, How did we have three conflicts this year? And we had made a vow to not do that. It'd be one thing if we didn't vow to do it, but we vowed to not have conflict. And we haven't had it in over, in a, since 2000, we have not had conflict since 2008. Why are we, ha- why did we have three situations this year? Like that does, that seems important. So we'll see. But I am praying and I'm hopeful and I want it to work. She's my sister and I'm crazy about her and and I and I and I did. I cried and I didn't want to cry because I oh oh my god, I didn't want to cry. But I did. I just was like, I'm worried. I'm worried about us. I don't know if we were really close all this time. I'm not sure if we're really close. What if our closeness is a trauma bond and what we're going through is breaking the trauma bond? And she said, that makes her sad. It might be true, though. But the beautiful thing is, if we do the work, we'll get on the other side of it. So that's all I got to tell you. Those four things I wanted to process that. The two reflections that are up on YouTube, hypervisibility and small talk and breaking rapport. And I talk a lot in that episode about... uh, my 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 orientation to small talk and rapport building. So go check those two out. And then um, this conversation, this very, 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 very short com- exchange I had with a YouTube uh, um, content generator and then a conversation I had with my sister. So those are the four areas. If this reflection has had any value for you, please give it a heart. If this conversation about hypervisibility, rapport building, um, trauma bonds, and INTJs, and perfectionism, if any of that relates to a conversation you've had in the world, please take this link and share it out. Okay? And then if my moving about in this reflection inspired some randomness in you, please find a way to share it with me. I'd love to hear it. You can find me on my website at yournidom.wordpress.com, Twitter, yournidom1, Facebook, nidom leadership, and YouTube, yournidom. Let me give you your assignment. I think I'm going to base the assignment in my last talking point. Is there a relationship that means a lot to you, but you're struggling in it? Do you have a relationship that isn't where you want it to be? And if so, what do you think is the, what's the theory of the case? Why would you say the relationship isn't where you want it to be? What are the barriers? 
What is your theory about what's preventing it from being the relationship that you want it to be? And with that theory, do you think that that theory is shared? If you sat down and talked with the person, do you think that they would share your theory of the case? So, so that's that, you guys. It has been a pleasure hanging out with you. I have one more episode to hit meet my quote. I'm Gary. Stop and hit the record button because I want to bring in the new year not talking to you all. You are important to me, but I don't want to bring in the new year in this way. So it has been a pleasure hanging out with you until I come back. Be well. Bye.